the free for all roundtable round two on round two sabrina and angie is here queens park observer lindsey broadhead strategic communications and public advisor uh, public affairs advisor pavan brach has a very colored resume serial entrepreneur in marketing tech and real estate development and a part-time farmer no less <laughs> okay so uh, well, let's begin with the farmer not that there's anything related to it but new poll out this morning finds torontonians generally split on whether or not they think john tory should stay or go this for me kind of cements it, Pavan, because if it had come out like 75% of Torontonians want you to stay on, then John Tory might have said, I hear you, I hear you, but I don't think that's going to happen. No, it's really, it's uh, clearly a, a big wash, a big yawn. And, uh, you know, it's too bad, really, because I think, you know, just looking at it, we're talking about a $16 billion corporation that, uh, you know, the city of Toronto's annual budget we had a guy here who was obviously CEO at Rogers in different roles, and 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 on top of that, it's a real fly in the ointment for for Doug Ford because he obviously reduced the council side to, size to make it manageable. He gave these strong mayor powers, and then whammo, we've got this situation. But and I don't know that there's a way around it simply because you know if you if if the young lady hadn't have been a direct report, I think it would have been different. But I think he has to follow the the, the way that a lot of others have have gone and and. and move on to a new role, which is really unfortunate. Sabrina and Angie, I'll turn it over to you. And do you think there is any life to this campaign? Because I just saw John Burnside, who guested on our show at 7.05 this morning, live at City Hall, once again advancing the argument that Tories should stay. Look, I think the genie is out of the bottle here, and it's really hard to, to put it back in. You can't, um, you know, say you're going to resign and then and then not do it. I think, uh, you know, the fact that Tory has said he's staying on to complete this budget process, um, certainly I think there's a huge sigh of relief that's happening at Queen's Park anyway, because as much as, you know, officially Doug Ford, the premier, is staying out of it, he has a lot of skin in this game because he gave Tory these strong mayor powers. And so uh, there's a lot of unpredictability when when it comes to Ford fulfilling his ambitious housing plan. And so, you know, everyone's watching what's happening. And so by Tory staying on, I think that, uh, you know, it's, uh, making co- things complicated for folks at council. And as you mentioned, you know, council is, is kind of divided over this, but for Doug Ford, he's, he's sighing a bit of relief because, uh, you know, this is going to be Tory's budget and, and they are aligned right now. It's just a lot of future uncertainty um, for both the city and the province. And one of the reasons why I'm expecting it to be somewhat of a spectacle today, Lindsay Broadhead, when I go to City Hall, is that there is a certain cohort of people. I mean, I think um, Tim Hudak and Deb Hutton count themselves amongst these people who are mortified at the empowerment of the left wing of council. So they're quite happy to see John Tory stay on at the very least to get this budget through, you know, to seal the deal. Well, it's come at this crazy critical time where there are so many unknowns. Uh, The city's budget uh, hasn't been so bad ever. Um, The dollars that we're about to spend need to be put in really smart places. And this is part of the problem is there's this ecosystem of issues, right? But when we boil it down, um, I, I don't think our mayor... Um, or our city can uh, justify um, what's happened. You cannot sleep or have a relationship with a subordinate uh, and continue on. Uh, that is, uh, I think, a, a rule that has now been proven and tested. But now it's a question of how long can um, our our current mayor uh 
create some kind of continuity um, and, and some kind of stability at a time that incredible instability can happen. Um, so uh, as, as far as Tim and, and Deb are concerned, I, I'm very sympathetic and aligned with them. This is, a, this is a moment where we need to get to the next step so that the city can function. Otherwise, chaos will cost us a fortune. So the governor general has shut down the ability to comment on her social media postings. So it's an important distinction. She is not leaving social media. She's just making it impossible for you to answer to her. Uh, it's probably a pretty banal affair since her announcements are things like the following author wrote a good book. Uh, But some people feel that this is shutting down public debate and public discussion for somebody who is working on the public ticket. Sabrina and Angie, there's a wider aspect to this, which is that she's just sick and tired of the abuse she gets as a woman, as a person in power, and as an indigenous person, and she wants to shut it down. Yeah, I, I think I can relate to that a little bit, um, as can a lot of folks that are, you know, somewhat in the public eye, like like reporters. Uh, I, I think it's a fine line, though. And also it's it's very likely like her staff is is the ones that are monitoring this account and kind of dealing with the brunt of it. And so, uh, you know, I, I feel for them, too. Uh, she's not an elected official. I think it's important for elected officials not to you know block people or, or and to be accessible on social media. Um, but it's not like, you know, she's not uh, contactable in any way. And so um, it's a fine line because I do think, you know, these officials should be uh, approachable. That's just, you know, democracy. But in in this case, uh, and the vitriol that we know is on social media, especially for, you know, women, folk, people of color, uh, I I can understand it. And it's unfortunate, but um, I'm I'm with her on this one. Yeah, Pavan, Sabrina was mentioning people with a public profile. And I can certainly tell you, if you look at the text board here during a show, the things that people say about the hosts, the contributors. Uh, People used to use the C word in texts about uh, one of my panelists. And I just thought, who do you people think you are? I can sympathize entirely with the governor general. Yeah, no, completely. Um, You know, she has such an important role to play. She's not elected, obviously, but she's um, she's here to guide us and provide civic leadership, I would say. Um, and you know, I just, you know, I'm a pioneer in online marketing in Canada, you know, but I've, I personally have avoided being involved in any significant way with social media just because it's just, it's just kind of crazy. And I couldn't take checking more messages, but I completely sympathize with their position at this point in time. I, I don't understand why it is that in real life, if I, if somebody says the kind of things they say, uh, you know, on the street or in a, in a traditional newspaper, they're sued and they're held to account. And yet in social media, for some reason people are allowed to get away with this kind of stuff so until we see some kind of changes there to kind of address that and maybe that's part of the upcoming bill i do think she's taking the right course lindsey broadhead i you know i could also say that based on some of the stuff that i get on social media and via text i end up feeling very sorry for some of these people because they seem very lonely and purposeless (laughs) <laughs> that that is probably the case and there's been some fantastic uh examples like sarah silverman a, a comedian actually um responded to some of her hate tweets in the public forum and it ended up converting the person to kindness because they they just couldn't have a conversation but the only look i agree with what my my fellow panelists are saying the only flip of it is there's something to be said about 
allowing um, the the person to speak and be outed, as it were. Um, I find great power in that. So it's just not the C word coming in on your on your panel in front of you there, John, but that you're enabled in some way to out these people. Um, if you're going to speak, you should you know, identify yourself. Um, so I, I, I'm not suggesting this is the case or that the governor should do it in this instance, but uh, it is something I think we should consider as we move forward with social. So magic mushrooms currently illegal, illegal. If you want to be treated with magic mushrooms, you actually, you have to get an exemption from the government. Should we be looking at mushrooms or psilocybin as an alternative to, for example, if you have cancer, we would offer you medical assistance in dying, but we might not approve your ability to take a trip. Pavan. Absolutely should be allowed. It, you know, it's really baffling that the state prevents access to a product that can can be safely used, you know, uh, for somebody who's going to die anyways. I mean, it's obvious. So, you know, and if and if they can find relief or if they can find some form of spiritual fulfillment, which I think is part of, you know, kind of what happens with the stuff. I don't use it. I, I'm, you know, I would be afraid to use it if I wasn't at the, at the end. Uh, but I do think it's an egregious, you know, kind of overreach of the state where they're actually forcing people to choose in some cases just to end their lives, which is which is far, far less humane. Uh, you know, obviously, there's there's massive progress, you know, in this field, in these kinds of products, et cetera. And uh, hopefully we can uh, the state will change the rules and we can accelerate some of the research on this stuff for for folks with other issues. Yeah, Lindsay, I would go further. I'd say anybody should be allowed to use magic mushrooms or any other drug. The issue is not whether you consume alcohol or smoke pot. It's whether or not you are in control of a device that could hurt somebody else. If you want to you know, use mushrooms and take a trip, knock yourself out. <laughs> Maybe literally. Literally, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it covered it perfectly. Um, we, you know, like when you're at the end of life stage, you're being given drugs. Um, so it seems idiotic to me that um, we're saying, you know, this this family of medications is OK, um, um, but but natural substances aren't. I think you you should have autonomy over your body until the end. And yeah, Sabrina, it's sort of a strict libertarian argument. You should be able to do what you wish as long as it doesn't harm somebody else. I mean, that's the John Stuart Mills test. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, you know, Aldous Huxley, who wrote Brave New World, he took LSD on his deathbed. They would experiment with this uh, decades ago in Saskatchewan with terminally ill patients and LSD. And I think it's sort of the same effects of, of what we're talking about now. Um, and and why not? You know, why not have options at a time when, um, you know, we have medical assistance, assistance in dying and we're kind of debating now, um, you know, whether access to that should be opened up. So I think the more options, the better. And almost no time on the clock, but uh, the 15-minute city debate is something we've been talking about today. Lindsay Broadhead, nobody's going to make you live in a 15-minute city, but it is a better design opportunity. Yeah, I, I love this. It's yeah, I've got to think that, um, you know, the words walking and biking that become so politicized um, are, are part of the reason that folks are against this. Uh, you know, Tim Hudak was on earlier um, waving the, the banner of his farm. And I think that's the point, right, is that you can live in a city that can be highly functional and close living and all of the advantages of a city. It's not to say that we don't also uh, want sprawling fields and, you know, beauty in nature. We want both. Um, if we can have it, let's build cities that are efficient and that we can get around with uh, low environmental cost. It's amazing. Thank you all. Good to have you. Great discussion this morning. Lindsay Broadhead, Sabrina Nanji, and Pavan Broch. 
Catch the round table. Round one at 745. Round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.